You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Tuesday, 10 January, all-time highs on the top 40. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, uh, we're going to be chatting with uh, Rosemary Anderson. She's National Chairperson of FedHasa. We're going to get a sense of what happened over the festive season in terms of tourism. Was it busy? Where was it busy? Was it foreign? Was it local? We'll chat with Anne McCurry on that top 40 at a new all-time high. Also, commodities. Uh, what's his expectation for this year as China opens? And then, of course, uh, gold. Gold, it's so in rands is largely flat. Cold stocks are running like crazy. Uh, and then we're going to chat around managing the fear of losing money. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Uh, new vehicle market defies with almost 14% sales growth in 2022. Outlook for 2023, not that promising. Uh, business Day, York Timbers raises $250 million in fully subscribed rights offer. Uh, shares are down almost 6.5% uh, in a month, this despite overwhelming support from shareholders for that relatively small rights offer. Morning markets, US was mixed. S&P down 0. 1% and Nasdaq up 0.6%. Asia mixed. Sydney off a quarter of a percent. Tokyo up 0.9%. Commodities red across the board. Gold $1,878 an ounce. Brent $79.27. Platinum $1,094. Palladium $1,776. Rand $1,694. Bitcoin $17,200. Tencent is trading down a fifth of a percent in Hong Kong lunch. And top 40 opening call, red open, 450 points down. That's almost a third of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Sitting now with uh, Rosemary Anderson, uh, National Chairperson of FedHasa. FedHasa, of course, Federated Hospitality Association of South Africa. Rosemary, appreciate the early morning time. The, the, the festive season, which uh, there, there's some lucky souls, I guess, still on holiday. Most of us are, are back at our jobs, back at our, at our desk. Any sense from, from, you, from, from you folks on, on, on how busy was the, 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 the holiday season? I mean, it was, the figures were really good. Um, some areas actually are recording close to pre-COVID levels because obviously that's everything we refer to mm-hmm. to see generally really how things are. Um, Cape Town did really, really well. Lots of the Cape. Um, we haven't got the figures back, back yet from STR. It's too early for that. But there are some figures which sort of indicate what things were like. So, for example, international uh, Cape Town International Airport reached about 93.6% of the pre-COVID uh, levels. And... Um, that, that's the international flights and mm-hmm. domestic flights were about 72.3%. Our uh, hotel groups in the um, KZN area, despite all the negative information recorded um, about the closure of the beaches and the um, pollution of the beaches, a lot of them reported, uh, recorded pre, uh, figures close to actually pre-COVID levels. Um, I think some of the hospitality businesses which were close to the actual beaches, which were negatively affected they unfortunately did um, really have a poor time but generally it wasn't as bad as what it was anticipated so so that part's positive too yeah and 
generally, I think, uh, remember, we've also, everything's like in context. We've got to look at where we were before. So this time last year, we were obviously branded for having a particular variant, which yeah. no one knew at the time. So in comparison, it was really, really good. So, so huge uplift on, on 2021. And I, I remember that. I remember the Omicron suddenly came out. I, I I had an international trip to France and, well, they just wouldn't let me in all of a sudden. Um, but but, but it's, it's it's versus that pre-pandemic. It's versus 2019. I was down in, 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 in KZN over the period. And, and, and to your point, I mean, I think anecdotally, the, the beaches were maybe quieter. But, I mean, there was traffic. People were out there and, 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 and holidaying. Um, I never went north coast, but I imagine probably a lot up there. Generally, it's seems that South Africans, from my anecdotal, were, 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 were out and, and, and having a good time. Very much so. I think we're still also having a bit of that revenge tourism touch where we were not allowed to do something for so long. And so we actually appreciate it even more. And obviously our weather is spectacular and our offerings in South Africa are spectacular. And uh, in general, our industry, hospitality and tourism, could really be the catalyst to job creation in South Africa, particularly if we can actually get more international tourists to come to our shores. Uh, that's a key point. I mean, I, I, I've, I've got family in, in, in Europe. Whenever they come out to South Africa, they are, they are I mean, it, it's beautiful. There, there is no doubt on that. What blows them away every single time is it is just so, with their euros or their pounds or their dollars, it is incredibly cheap. This is a sector that I almost get the sense that we, we, we enjoy the benefits of, but we could really get a lot more out of it. We really could, Simon. I think as Hedhasa, we sincerely believe that hospitality and tourism could be the single industry which could make a huge dent in our massive unemployment problem in South Africa, and particularly in all the areas where women use, mm, because mm. those are sectors which really um, prosper in hospitality. All we need to do is a few things, and that really unfortunately relies on our government to do. Number one, of the, one is our visa system. Our government really needs to look at that. We supposedly have an e-visa system, but it isn't an e-visa system. It's really just an online system. Uh, Many of our uh, African countries have already got that in place. Mozambique has just launched it. It makes it so much easier to be able to apply for a visa if you can actually do it through an e-visa system. A good comparison would be um, Australia, for example. the, the Chinese market was the biggest international travel market before pre, pre-COVID. So, for example, for the Chinese market, what they would do, if you look on their website, the Australian authorities put, from the comfort of your home, you can apply for this visa, and then they indicate it'll take a couple of minutes, and then they also indicate it'll take about 48 hours to be processed. If you compare it to ourselves, the Chinese tourists have to present themselves in person to, oh. to a, a particular place. And you know how large China is. So it would be logistically quite an effort for many tourists to have to do that. It will then have to go through a manual process. It could take months to get there. So conversely, they've got about, pre-COVID, had about 1.2 million tourists a year. We had 93,000 tourists. So we've really got to look at what everyone else is doing elsewhere and how they're succeeding and why we're not, copying that and in fact becoming rather leaders in these things because all of our magnificent offerings are here. We're already wonderful. We're already spectacular. So all we need to do is market ourselves and get out there and allow the government to have an all-tourism approach. So every department needs to look at tourism as a catalyst for job creation 
and make sure that their department is part of the solution, making it easier for tourism to do what we do best, and that's create jobs. Yeah, and, and, and make it easy and simple. And I take your point. It, it, it's not just going to benefit the Cape Towns and the, and, and, and the Joburgs. It's going to be, it, it's often to the, the, the reserves and everything, the game reserves and the like. It, it, it a broad benefit to the country. Rosie Manderson, National Chairperson, Fed House. I appreciate the early morning time. And that's our poll today on LinkedIn and Twitter. Were you holidaying? If you were holidaying, how busy was it where you were out and about? As I said, for me, it, 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 it kind of looked the same as pre-COVID. Perhaps not extra busy. The, the sea was quiet because, of course, no one was going into the Durban Ocean, uh, but people were out there. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. If seagulls were harder dars who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. Jenny North Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, F&B Wealth and Investment. Wayne, appreciate the early morning. Uh, all-time highs yesterday on the top 40. Um, my guest yesterday morning before we hit those highs reminded me that that's how we started 2022. Um, and then our local market, not as bad as, as, as some of the developed markets, most notably NASDAQ, S&P and the like. Your expectations for the year, I mean, can, can we hold these levels or, or are things going to get wobbly? There's a, there's a lot of risk factors out there. There are some risk factors out there, mainly economic, mm-hmm. but it's a much better, I think it's a much better year outlook going forward than last year. Last year, we were staring increasing inflation, you know, in, yeah. in the eye. This year, we're looking at decreasing inflation, completely different environment. The market might have run ahead of itself a little bit, but the overall outlook and the overall environment for shares is actually not bad this year. Shares hate rising interest rates and rising inflation they love falling inflation and falling interest rates which is what's going to happen at the end of this year i actually think inflation is going to surprise on the downside Mm -hmm. same as it surprised on the upside in the last year and a half i think we're going to see dramatic falls in inflation probably only in the second half and i mean the usa last night they were talking about increasing interest rates to five percent and, and they may do that. In fact, they are going to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think U.S. inflation could be below three by the end of the year, which means interest rate cuts will wow. be coming. Yeah, okay, below three, because, of course, target's two, below three, and after what, they got to nine and some change. Commodities this year, we've yes. we seen China opening up. Um, we, we've seen some yes. action in the commodity space. We've got copper at six months highs. Uh, we've got gold. I mean, it, 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 commodities look like they're also getting ready for a, a, a strong year after perhaps a bit of a pause last Correct. year. Correct. Look, gold, you can't really put in gold with copper and that. It's sure, a very sure. different type of commodity. But I'm extremely positive on commodity shares on a five to ten year view. I think world, world demand will pick up. This year will be a little bit difficult, even with China uh, coming out of the zero COVID policy. Mm-hmm. But uh, the USA will probably go into recession. So will Europe. So will the UK. So it might be a little bit difficult in the shorter term on commodities. But as we both know, the commodity companies almost went bankrupt in 2014, 2015. So they've spent no money. Yeah. So in other words, you're going to have a recovering demand next year with a relatively limited supply base. And that will last for a long time because it, mean, it takes you a long time to bring new supply on in, in, in mining. 
And so I think the five to 10 year outlook for commodities is very good. It might not be as strong as the China years from 2002 through to 2008, mm-hmm. but I think it could be very, very similar. So I'm actually very positive on the RAND and commodities and commodity shares on the longer term. Yeah, and, and we've had the conversation before where those balance sheets of these big miners probably as good as they've been so in the history of mining, in, in, in 100 years of mining. Quick yes, last point. the best ever. Yeah, a quick last point in the RAND. This does all bode well for, for the RAND, and I'm looking at the dollar index, and, and, and that's looking weak. We, we should see a stronger RAND over the course of the year. Yes, I think that, I think that's also a long-term trend. We're going to mm-hmm. see a significantly better RAND over the next five to six years. And it's really one of these long-term cycles. So I think the days of King Dollar is probably behind us for a four or four, four a while. Mm-hmm. And I think we could see the rand. I mean, this sounds wildly optimistic. I think we'll see the rand at 15 before the end of the year. Okay, 15. Good luck. That. And Wayne McCurry, Senior Portfolio Manager, F&B Wealth and Investment. Appreciate the early morning. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlip Kanyisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Now with uh, Numi uh, Bukhrani uh, from Alan Gray. Numi, appreciate the early morning time. We talk a bunch about FOMO, which is the fear of missing out. You've raised a different uh, 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 concern that folks have, and that's the fear of losing money, F-O-L-M. I mean, I suppose my question is going to be, where does it come from? But I suppose it makes some sense. We work hard for our money. We, we do have a fear of it, of it disappearing. Of course, in, in markets, that can be uh, uh, cyclical and short-term in nature, but there is a real fear around around our hard-earned money sort of disappearing uh, as, as markets do, do do what they do best, which is be volatile. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Hello, Simon. Uh, I think you're, you're spot on. It is very similar to the fear of, um, of missing out, and this is sort of the financial version. Uh, but there's a, a behavioral phenomenon mm. known as um, loss aversion, and uh, it's really got to do with the fact that the pain of losing money uh, or the pain of losing anything can seem almost twice as strong as the joy of winning so in other words um, yeah. you know the pain you might feel losing a thousand rand is going to hurt twice as much as the pleasure you might get uh, from gaining it so I guess that's really where that's coming from and I think with the sort of recent um, environment we've had um, in the last uh, few years few months um, it can be really tempting to kind of keep your money away from the markets and keep it stashed somewhere uh, you might perceive as safe. Yeah, and your couch or savings account, and savings accounts have their place, but 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 they and they're not a long-term investment uh, process. How, how do we how do we overcome this? Because the, the loss aversion, as you mentioned, is is real. This is this is not something that we can sort of just shrug our shoulders and say not to worry. How do we, as as individual investors, manage this and 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 try and and, and steer clear of it? Yeah, I think the first is really to acknowledge and understand that we are susceptible to these behavioral biases. And what it's doing is that it's um, it's not giving you an accurate picture uh, mm-hmm. or an accurate assessment of the real risks at play. Um, so that first one is really the, the awareness and acknowledgement. And then the second thing is to um, try as much as you can to prepare yourself by understanding um 
the investments that you do select um, or that you're already invested in, um, understanding how they're likely to behave in various scenarios and what the real risks are um, that you might come up against um, so that you can you can mitigate yourself against those. Um, you know, there have been whispers of a global recession, um, mm-hmm. you know, over towards the end of last year, and that's, um, you know, pretty much a consensus now. Um, inflation um, did a lot of things last year. Uh, and so there, there really is a lot that um, consumers have to be nervous about. Um, and so I think really understanding how that environment and what the real risks at play within your own portfolio might actually look like is a good starting point. And, and I suppose as well, it's, it, it's making sure that you've got the right mix of investments so that you can sleep well at night. Mm. And, and, and a lot of this, and it, it often comes back to is, is, is having a, a, you know, a financial advisor or maybe a colleague or, or a family member who can, who can sort of talk you down when things get a little bit scary because it does. I mean, I've been in the market for decades and maybe I'm immune to it, but it's those decades of experience which helps. Yes, 100%. I think uh, a financial advisor is a professional who not only helps you um, kind of select the right investments, uh, uh, but also actually help you filter out the noise um, and kind of prevent you from potentially taking some some knee-jerk reactions uh, which might come about in response to kind of what you say, see play out in, um, in the news. Um, I think some of the other things um, you can do is um, just making sure you're making well-considered decisions. So mm-hmm. whether you're doing this with an advisor or um, individually is kind of being uh, very deliberate about making sure that the investment vehicles you actually select match your objectives and your risk appetite. Um, And um, it's useful to really understand what your investment manager's philosophy is because um, this is going to help you understand how your money is being managed uh, when kind of the the news flow or you might be experiencing volatility Mm. that feels a little bit outside your your expectations. Um, And also, I mean, this is really hard to do, but uh, Mm -hmm. you have to find a way (laughs) to keep the long-term in mind um you know the experience of investing doesn't only happen in sort of five to ten year intervals there's kind of the 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 daily and the monthly slog of having to to wait out the investment (laughs) business case play out um and so it is very much easier said than done but i think keeping your mind kind of firmly uh placed on what that longer term picture is helps you remain invested um, and means you can sort of ride out the shorter term uh, fluctuations which uh, eventually over the long term leads you to better better outcomes over the long term. It's a great point and I, it, it is easier said than done but I reminded of something my grandfather told me many many years ago when in doubt zoom out have a look at that bigger picture remember that we're in this for the long term we'll leave it there really appreciate the time Nomi uh, Baklani uh, she found her at Alan Gray. That's it for today. We're chatting with uh, Jimmy Moyoha yesterday, talking around that top 40, just off the all-time highs. Uh, Richmond, Naspas process, the big drivers over, what, since uh, late October. The question we asked is, can they continue the run higher, taking our markets to new highs? Well, we got those new highs, but you know, uh, one day doesn't make a, an investment strategy. Almost half of you said, yes, they can. That kind of ties in with what Wayne was saying a moment ago. Quarter said they'll fade back. The rest of you are split between preferring Richmond Uh, or the Chinese tech stocks. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn.
This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWare website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobokle, Eleanor, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. We're talking agri with Wandili Shalobo. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.